Welcome to Embrace Your Brain with Dr. D. Joy Coulter. These short weekly brain bits give you fresh glimpses into how your mind works and how to develop its natural brilliance. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, let's make friends with holograms. We didn't discover the science of holograms until about 60 years ago, but that didn't keep nature from using them. In fact, we're loaded with holograms too. They exist as maps on our bodies and as an alternative communication system in our brains. I just want to devote one more podcast to exploring these holograms. Then we'll be ready to tackle a really exciting idea that could be just what we need in these polarized times. We'll look at the possibility that we could actually begin speaking and listening and even thinking holographically. So let's look at some of the features of holograms. It, we've, we know already that even pieces of holograms contain all the information that the larger one has. So each part contains the whole. Nature does this too. A lot of plant parts can turn into whole new plants. Sometimes it's the cutting from the plant or a leaf or a root or a seed or even a runner. With our bodies, some parts can reveal the whole too, like little maps. We have body holograms. People that do reflexology or foot massage see the whole body represented on the foot and different pressure points stimulate different organs in the body. Some people know how to read the iris of the eye and see how the body's organs are doing. Acupuncturists are using maps that are holographic as well. You can dissect the body, but you're never going to find those meridians because they're holographic. And even the DNA code that guides our cells to form us are stored in nearly every cell of our body. So the brain's got a hologram system too. We might think of the brain as made up of nothing but neurons and long connective fibers that link them together. But the truth is that only constitutes about 10% of the brain. Other than blood vessels and hollow spaces that contain air and fluids, the rest are various forms of something called glial cells. They used to be thought of as just padding for those elegant nerve cells. But we keep making new discoveries about what they do. We're discovering that some of them are the garbage collectors that clean up all the broken neuron branches and the chemicals that are left over from signaling. And some of them insulate the long-sending branches of the neurons. And some of them store a concentrated form of sugar that fuels our brain when we make huge discoveries. And some send information as holograms, as we'll soon see. But let's take a look at how, how neurons work first. All the information is going to come in as waves. The neurons bundle the waves together and they change the waves into chemical and electrical signals. Then they send that information along fibers, often for long distances. And that takes a bit of time, which you can remember later. They'll stay in their lane. They bundle light waves into visual signals that travel to the visual cortex. They're going to bundle sound waves into sound signals, and those are going to travel to the auditory cortex. They can bundle pressure waves into touch signals that travel to the sensory cortex. But they don't cross over. They also discard any weak signals, and they'll boot up or amplify the stronger ones along the way. So it's definitely not a one-person, one-vote approach to information. 
That way, a lot of subtle bits of information are going to get lost along the way. So now let's look at how holograms operate. They register every wave, throwing no information away. Sound, sight, touch, even smell and taste, and they don't have to haul them to a special region in order to register them. They tally their votes right on site. This means they're faster, and they catch small details that neurons might be dropping. So we can actually do holographic sensing. So here's some examples. Massage therapists can pick up on small felt senses that guide them in their work. Interrogators catch subliminal face twitches that reveal whether a person is telling the truth or not. And bird watchers use the corner of their eyes to spot tiny flickers in the trees that reveal new birds. I've seen trained musicians listen for ever so faint tone differences when they pick out a new instrument. In nature, while predator animals use neurons to focus their attention, the prey animal needs a faster system, so they use this holographic approach as well. And maybe in a future podcast, we'll look at that. So what about holograms? They don't stay in lanes. They use a universal wave language and can send information everywhere. They're like eavesdroppers. They surround the neurons' long fibers where there are joints and junctions along the way and the signals leak out, and they take those signals, translate them back into a wave code, and spread the word in all directions. Once the information is in a wave form, it can go from one region to another with no problem. That's what whales and dolphins are doing all the time. They send out sounds, and they wait for the sound waves to bounce off of any objects in front of them and then return, and then they register them as images. But it stays in the wave form that's a universal language. And that's why our memories can be confusing at times. I mean, think of the times that you remember something, but you can't recall if you read about it or witnessed it in real life or heard someone tell you about it. That's because all those regions receive a wave version of the information, another example of glial cells in action. Well, I hope I've gotten you comfortable with the idea that holograms are real and exciting and really could hold great promise. The next podcast, we're going to look at how we can use them to overcome the polarities of our times. If you're enjoying these podcasts, I think you'll love my book, Original Mind, Uncovering Your Natural Brilliance. It's available at EmbraceYourBrain.com.